3W Africa Link We know about the threat of contracting the coronavirus but what's it like actually being suspected of having COVID-19 what's it like being quarantined whether you like it or not Social distancing is the go-to prevention method for COVID-19 but in some scenarios including quarantine bases expecting people to maintain 2 meters distance is simply unrealistic This is a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. I'm Kai Nebe. Africa is currently dealing with imported coronavirus cases, but that's changing fast. In hotspots like South Africa and Ghana, local transmissions have already begun. Over 130,000 cases have been reported continent-wide. Health authorities have their backs against the wall. I spoke to Dr. Richard Migai, the national coordinator of quarantine measures in Uganda. He explained how his country has initially focused on buying time by quarantining travelers. It is very important uh, because it helps us break the chain of transmission by identifying high-risk contacts and high-risk travelers and then monitoring them closely. What happens though when local transmissions start? Our challenge number one is becoming when we 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 are beginning to see a bit of local uh, chains of transmission. We we are addressing this through the approach. It's also a quarantine approach, but a home-based quarantine approach. If we make an assessment of a home, so that we can send a medical team that can be monitoring them. Uh, over a mandatory quarantine period. This plan is aimed at keeping infections at a manageable level. Nigeria is Africa's most populous country and has almost 9000 cases of COVID-19, the second most in sub-Saharan Africa. The economic hub of Lagos is one of the continent's biggest cities. A coronavirus outbreak here would be disastrous. But Nigerian health authorities are struggling to keep people in isolation. Many patients have gone into hiding after testing positive for the virus. There have even been protests in several isolation centers as aggrieved patients express their desire to return home. Our correspondent Sam Olukoya met some of them in Lagos. Angry scenes like this outside isolation centers are quite common in Nigeria as people protest being kept in isolation. Abdallah El Karubi, who tested positive for the coronavirus, said life in an isolation center is not a pleasant one. Life in the isolation center is a life of lack of freedom, life where you don't do what you want to do, where you are limited to certain things government wants for you for example treatment you rest you eat and that is all El Karbe says a number of factors make people in isolation centers to want to return home even when they have not been discharged in some isolation centers uh, certain provisions are not made to make patients comfortable where there is no comfort that you find in your home in an isolation center any patient could be tempted to want to go home or to want to leave Lagos state has about half of Nigeria's almost 9000 cases and is planning to allow some covid-19 patients to take treatment at home professor Akin Abayomi is the health commissioner the people of Lagos are practicing home isolation which is one of the reasons 
why we as government are trying to transition to home care, home base, because it's happening anyway. So we might as well regularize it and make it an official option for some people, especially if you're mild or asymptomatic, to isolate yourself at home. A medical doctor, Kule Oguyemi, says while many people will find it convenient to remain at home and get treatment, there are some negative implications. But on the flip side, is who monitors those who stay, who choose self-isolation at home, who would um, ensure that they don't go out. And then given our living conditions, how many people have access to more than one room or two rooms where if they are going to isolate at home, they are, isol they are still not mingling with their children and their spouses. With the increasing number of COVID-19 cases likely to outnumber bed spaces in isolation centers, the government may have no choice but to adopt home isolation. Sam Olukoya with those voices from Nigeria. It's come to be expected around the world that travelers must reckon with some time in quarantine. Anyone who has been exposed to COVID-19 or has traveled from somewhere where the virus is widespread should isolate, preferably alone. But that's not always so straightforward. In Kenya, Tabita Iguku, who is expecting a child, returned to Nairobi and thought she had it all figured out. I thought, like, um, I could go to my apartment and self-quarantine. I had already done the shopping, bought the diapers, bought the milk, asked someone to drop everything and, and you know, clean the house, the apartment and everything. So that by the time I get home, I can stay there for 14 days. Because I'm pregnant, anything can happen. But health authorities had other plans for her. I was forced to go to a hotel at, uh, you know, and stayed in the, at the airport for more than eight, year, eight hours. <laughs> it's, a, it's not quarantine, really. There is no health official who has come, who has called, who has come to check up on me or the kids. Uh, there's no one apart from the police. When you go to the police, uh, they tell you they don't know anything. It's the government who told them to just, you know, stay at their post, nothing else. We were just dumped here and, you know, pay your hotel bills and that's it. Caroline Wangui, who was placed in a makeshift quarantine centre at a school, found the experience unpleasant. Despite the government saying we are at fault because of not following the rules, not following the social distancing, it's not really possible. We are living in a dormitory. As you know, it's open space. There's no doors. There's no nothing. Um, we even stay without water for days. And unhygienic. This is the garbage. So in the morning we tried to clean up and put them in uh, the buckets, but we have monkeys and animals, so they will stay here for I don't know how long. And so this was where they were putting the food before, because they have to be far from us. Anything that comes in never gets washed. There have also been questions raised about the legality of forced quarantine. For advocate George Mbugua from the Law Society of Kenya, the national government is close to overstepping its authority. The government was duty-bound to ensure that within the 14 days, these persons are no longer a threat to public health and safety. It is not acceptable in an open and democratic society and that the government has not laid a basis or that the government has not shown that there does not exist 
other non-restrictive measures to contain the disease. In fact, the lawyer thinks quarantine might in fact be a factor in spreading the coronavirus. Probably after the 14 days are over, they may have been negative when they were checking in, but by the time they are checking out, they probably could be COVID-19 patients. Quarantining travelers at the moment might be unpleasant and in some cases called into legal question. But it's also one of the few options available to governments where coronavirus tracing still lags far behind. But if quarantining is not done hygienically, it could also become a hindrance to Africa's battle against COVID-19. This was a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. Thanks to our hardworking correspondents from across the continent and producer Sumtalatus, from myself, Kainebe. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, stay safe.